Hey, welcome to episode 131 of the Bobbycast. Yay. Hey, let me first say that Jake Owen has a podcast called the Good Company Podcast. Jake Owen, the country singer, the boat driver, talks about his life, being an artist, being an artist with hits, touring, all that. If you, if you like country music, you like Jake Owen, check out the Good Company Podcast. I think you'll like it. There you go. And this is uh, being brought to us by Sleep Number, which, by the way, the lowest prices of the season with Sleep Number. You've heard me talk about my Sleep Number bed and how it has improved my quality of sleep. It's true. My Sleep Number setting is 30, and maybe you've considered a Sleep Number bed, but you thought, I don't know if I can afford one. But right now is a great time if you go in for a limited time. Queen mattress to start at $5.99. The Sleep Number bed lets you adjust your mattress firmness or softness on each side. And if you think, man, I got to get a bed anyway, why not at least go to the store? You can lay on the bed, and I've laid on the bed, and it, it tells you. It's like a back, your back, your neck. You look at the screen. My screen was up on the, the ceiling of the place, and I was like, oh, check that out. So your neck, your shoulders, your back, your hips, all the sleep number store near you. Again, my sleep number setting is 30, and my sleep IQ score last night was actually really high because it's the first time I've been in my bed in a while. Uh, going now during the lowest price of the season, the final closeout on Sleep Number Queen C2 mattresses with adjustable comfort on both sides, five ninety nine ninety nine. Go to sleepnumber.com slash bones to find the store nearest you. There you go. You know, I, I was flying back yesterday from New York, and I'd often consider myself the uh, chumba wumba of books, yeah. the one hit. <laughs> and I was like, I can't do that anymore. I now have two hits. And so I started thinking about two hit wonders. Something I really hadn't thought about much, the two-hit wonder. I've thought about the one-hit wonder a lot because it's something that people talk about a lot. And You know, the original definition of the one-hit wonder is a top 40 billboard song, meaning Garth Brooks is actually a one-hit wonder because he's only had one song ever hit the big chart in the top 40. And do you know what that was? Uh, Brendan LeBlazer? No? It, it was a Chris Gaines song. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. So, with that definition, you know, that's kind of where I come into this, is the universal definition of one-hit wonder is the main chart. Now, to us, Garth Brooks is, to me, he's the best of all time. And he actually is the biggest seller of all time, of all formats, period, you know, records, which is crazy to think about. I wrote that in my book. Like, he, sell, he sold more than Elvis. He sold more than the, the Beatles. He, no, I take that back. Not the Beatles. He's the biggest selling solo artist solo, of all yeah. time. Yeah, that's what it is. But more so than Elvis, more so than any other you know, mainstream artist. But So the one-hit wonder is anyone that's had a hit in the top 40, and then they go away forever. And then I thought, well, the two-hit wonder, because I now am the two-hit wonder. And so I was looking up two-hit wonders and people like Al City. And so I thought, you know what? I think we'll just talk about this on the podcast. I was flying back from New York, by the way. I went to watch Hamilton. I got a hookup. Yeah. And... They're like, hey, we have, we have you a ticket to Hamilton. And I'm not one that knows anything about Broadway. The most Broadway I know is the Broadway in Nashville where everybody pees in the street and gets drunk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's Broadway where all the bars are. I think I've been to maybe two plays before or musicals. I don't even know if one of them was off-Broadway or not. But So I go because I have a theory that most things in popular culture, if like-minded people like them, you'll also like them. And so I went to see what it was. Now, I didn't know that it was all music. There's never a talking part in the movie, or the, 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 in the musical. So I didn't know anything about it. I didn't, so when it starts, and it's, all, it's 95% hip-hop and a little bit of singing. Yeah. I didn't know that they never stopped. I thought they would, they would talk for a bit. And like a musical, it's like, today I'm out here looking at the tree. Can you believe how beautiful it is? And music comes in, right? But no, 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 it just, the music doesn't stop. The, and I didn't know that. So I'm sitting in my seat. Got, they got hooked up with great seats, too. I'm like fourth row, right in the middle. I mean, I can see the sweat coming down their faces. I can see the microphones they wear, you know, the little clear microphones, like the ones that I wear when I do stand-up. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit smaller, but had great seats. Places packed. Everybody's super excited. And they come out, and they start this song. And I'm like, wow, that was pretty crazy. But then they go right into a second song. And I'm like, whoa, here we go. All right. When are we going to? Because I didn't, I wasn't really keeping up. I was just like, okay. About the fourth song, I realized, oh, they're not stopping. No, no one had told me. 
And some people had said, hey, you should check out the music before you go in. I thought, why would I do that? I want to go experience it. But if you don't check the music out, because it's touring now, and I only tell the story because if it comes to a town near you and you go to it, listen to the music first. Because you at least know what's happening a bit. Because just like in any hip-hop song, sometimes you miss the references. Because it's so fast. It's like, skip it. And you're like, what? what uh, huh? And so I, about a third of the way through the play, I was dialed in. And I really started to enjoy it and really appreciated the writing of it because it's two hours and 40 minutes of just hip-hop. And it's also teaching you history. And because what I learned also is Alexander Hamilton was probably, and not just to this play, but he was probably the most influential American of all time, ever. And you, you learn about these things. Uh, debatable, you, you know, I probably listened to three podcasts, read seven different essays. I mean, other than breaking out the book, I've spent the last couple of days doing my research on what Alexander Hamilton did. Which, and I won't get into the weeds too much, but the thing that I find most uh, interesting about him was that he understood the value of debt. And this is 150 years before this was a thing. But he took all of the colony slash state's debt, combined them, said, we'll take that as the national debt now once we became this sovereign country. And then said, we want to owe more people. We want to owe other countries even more money. Because what he realized was that when you owed someone money, they needed you to stay alive. And so if he... We, let's say we uh, borrowed some money from France, I'll just, as an example. We borrowed a dollar from France. Well, Fran- if we went bankrupt and died as a country, we'd- France never got paid again. So France needed us to stay alive, so they helped us. And so he realized this and was like, no, the national debt's a great thing. First of all, it makes us legit. We've taken all the state's debt and combined it into one federal debt. I could be a little bit off here. Again, I've only spent two days actually studying this. But, I- but this is one of the concepts where I go, oh, this is what our entire country's built on. But he realized that debt actually was a positive because if – Someone owed you money. That person needed you to stay alive. And, yeah, was, listen, I thought the play was, was really, really good. Just like nothing I've ever seen. I don't even want to say really good because I feel like that's an insult to it because it was like nothing I'd ever seen. And, uh, but I can see we're playing the soundtrack to a kid or someone, let's say a, a, a 10-year-old who likes hip-hop. They could actually learn something because, I did, again, I didn't know. And I'll play some of this. What's this uh, track called? The Election of 1800. Again, this is like something from school. This is a fr- and it's going to sound very Broadway-y a bit, but this is about the election of 1800. Literally, it's about <laughs> the election of 1800. You could go into a social studies class. The election of 1800. Here you go. Listen to some of this. Can we get back to politics? Please. Yo. Every action has its equal opposite reaction. John Adams shat the bed. I love the guy, but he's in traction. Poor Alexander Hamilton. He is missing in action. So now I'm facing Aaron Burr with his own faction. He's very attractive. So this is Thomas Jefferson rapping. It's basically Thomas Jefferson telling a story. And you turn it up again, but it, it is. Ask him a question that glances off. He obfuscates. He dances. And they say I'm a Francophile. At least they know I know where France is. Thomas, that's the problem. See, they see birds. And for three hours, there's like a DJ and music down there just switching up beats. And and what they do at times is they turn it into a rap battle. So they would go into uh, like into chamber, and they would go, you know, this is where they just say like this is where Jefferson and Hamilton uh, debated. But instead. It's a rap battle. I film two microphones, and it's like, here, dude. I mean, it's cool. It really is. It, it's like nothing I've seen. So for me to compare it to something would be, I feel like a bit insulting. But I again, you can turn it down. But yeah, it was cool. I think you'd like it because you learn the music's really good, and then it actually stimulates you to go and learn more. Because I did. I was like, wow, I need to know more about this. So uh, yeah, D- does did it sound appealing to you before I talked about it at all? It did. Oh, did you? So I, I, I never took it. I sent my Broadway, and I kind of go, "Nah, it's not for me. I'm not cool enough. I'm not cultured enough." Uh, but to you, it did seem cool. It, it just seems like something I would never get to do, though. Um, yeah, I guess me too. And then I had my agent was like, "Hey, we like we can get tickets." The third, and um, I would have thought it would have been slammed because you really can't get it anyway. But but my agent in New York who does like my TV deals, American Idol and um, other stuff. She, uh, she was like, hey, I, we have like 10 tickets a show. You have to pay for them, but you can't even get up at normal price now. You have to get them all jacked up on the internet. But she's like, normal price if you want to come. And I was like, all right, cool. So I did. It was good. You'd like it. 
and it's touring now too is my point it's in all the because yeah, I posted the, the booklet people are like oh are you in Chicago are you in uh, wherever there's like uh, something going around the country so if you get a chance to see it it's obviously going to be cheaper when it comes around it's not the same but it's good and I didn't think that I would like it I didn't really know what it was I, I just I knew Hamilton was a big thing for seeing people talk about it on TV I knew it was about Alexander Hamilton really didn't know much about him except for he was George Washington's right-hand man. That's really all I knew about him from history. And he got put into the most influential cabinet spot as soon as Washington took over, which was the head of treasury. Again, and I don't have any facts in front of me. I'm just going from what I saw, but so much more I wanted to go read because I knew I missed a lot of it because I was just like, when are they going to talk? And they never talk. But it was cool. The DJ would just like boom, 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 switch up beats. And uh, they'd go in and out. It was good. It was good. It was good. So I did that. It's kind of really the only thing that I've done over the past few days. We've been on vacation. I have. Mike D hasn't been on vacation. He doesn't get as much vacation yet. He doesn't have as much seniority as a few of us on the show do. But I um, I did that. I watched Coco last night. Have you seen Coco? Yeah. It's freaking good. It is good. I mean, it's really good. I only watched it because I have a friend, and she's a very dark sense of humor, She's very nothing makes her sad or it just she's like you should watch Coco. She's it, it made me feel a certain way, and I was like, all right. So I was like, I'll watch. I, is that going to be Coco or The Greatest Showman? Which I've been I'm going to watch that. Amy and I had a thing on the air about that, which is a musical too, and that's a, a real life thing about P.T. Barnum. So I feel like I'm going to learn about this and then go down the wormhole of P.T. Barnum. Like I know what's going to happen, but I watch Coco and. I just kind of felt my... It's it's streaming on Netflix right now, too. Yeah. So I didn't have to buy it. I didn't have to rent it. And I loved it. And this song here at the end, uh, Remember Me, is that what it's called? Yeah. Remember me. It's so, it's so good. Yeah. Each time you hear a sad guitar Know that I'm with you The only way that I can be Until you're in So uh, I didn't think that I would like it straight up. I thought that I might like it as, is it a Pixar movie? Yeah. I thought I might like it, but well, you know what, for a kid's movie, I, I mean, I just liked it. It was just good. Aside from liking it for a kid's movie, I just liked it. I thought it was really good. So, yeah, I mean, that's really what I did. Watched some Glow. Like that show on Netflix. You know, I watched the first season. I guess I like things that have a bit of true history in them, which yeah. is why I got into the first season. And they're only 30 minutes each. And then I watched the real documentary on Netflix of the Women of Glow, which is a uh, female wrestling. Gorgeous ladies of wrestling is what it stands for. And I did that, and now I'm watching the second season. Is that what this is? Yeah. So I'm almost done with it. But are you watching that? You... It's pretty good. I think I'm a little more than halfway through. I think I'm on 9 of 10. So, And then I, I, I've dabbled on the staircase a little bit. I only watched like half an episode. You, okay, you have to get through the first episode because it's, the first episode's terrible. Okay, <laughs> I couldn't get through it. I couldn't either, and I kept drifting away from it. And I would just get on Twitter or got this book I'm reading. I'd be like, ah, but I kept it on. I got into the second, I said, I'm going to give the second episode a shot because a lot of people were tweeting me saying, give it a shot, give it a shot. And you know my theory, that if a lot of people that are like-minded like something in popular culture, it's probably good. I watched the second episode, and I was like, oh. I was like, er? <laughs> er? <laughs> so I'm not totally, listen, I'm not an advocate for The Staircase yet because it's a lot of episodes. Yeah. But I started to feel a bit of that pivot where I go, oh, now we're talking about second level stuff. So, yeah, let me encourage you because I'm only <laughs> an episode ahead of you. So I, I, it's not like I can tell you to invest a lot of your time into it, but The Staircase... I'm going to watch episode three, if that says anything to you. Okay. And I could barely get through episode one. Yeah, that was tough. But episode two, it turns you a bit. But I'll leave it at that. Maybe in a, a later edition of the podcast, we'll come back and catch up on that. But all this stuff going through in my head is I was flying back from New York. And you know what's funny, too, about flying is that there's really no stress on me. when I, was, I flew like a Southwest at 11 a.m. to New York and then... Stayed there for about 28 hours and got on a Southwest flight and flew back. When you don't have to do it for work, it's kind of just chill. You just go to the airport. Like, I just don't 
I don't hate flying as much whenever I'm having to get somewhere. Not on a time crunch. You're not having to think a whole Well, lot. it's not a just-in-case scenario all the time. Yeah. And I'm not really juggling sleep because that's been the biggest part of my life over the past 15 years is trying to figure out when I'm going to sleep so I can think clearly, be effective, and be healthy. I just went to the airport, hung out. Flight got delayed like 20 minutes once, and I was like, fine. I'm good. You had me have some grapes. I'm going to buy some grapes. <laughs> Read a magazine. I didn't even know who I was. It's pretty nice. So I flew up, went. The one thing I wanted to do in New York was go to the freaking shoe store. Closed. And it was closed. <laughs> it was July 4th. And I thought maybe they'll be open in the daytime. It's New York, downtown New York, pretty progressive when it comes to keeping things open all the time. I know it's a holiday, but and it's not firework time till nighttime. So I would be closed in daytime. But really, I knew it. But, but a lot of things were open. Um, but no, it was closed. It's the one thing I wanted to do. I know, sad. Got on the fly to fly back home, and I tweet out uh, because you know the book's done well. I said, "Hey, I'm no longer the Chumba Wumba of books." I said, "I'm now a two-hit wonder," and so I started to write out little things on Twitter. I was like the the tone loke of literature, and then I just started the Al City of writing witty, and I just started making up these things, and so. Then I, I had sent Mike, I sent you a text message. I was like, hey, we should do a a whole podcast on two-hit wonders because that's kind of a thing. People that have had two hits and then faded away. And so I've made a top 10 list here, and I kind of felt bad sending you all these clips, but then you sent me another list of clips. It's like 100 more clips, and I was like, oh, I don't even feel that bad then anymore. Yeah, I thought of a lot too. How, but how hard is it for you to put in a clip when we do this show? Uh, I don't know. All these clips maybe took me 30 minutes. And it's like 40 clips. Okay. Well, even to send you these, I have my top 10 list of two-hit wonders. So it's 20 clips. I thought, hmm, I feel bad about that, but I guess I don't. Okay, number 10 of two-hit wonders, the Bloodhound Gang. Now, they had two hits. You may know, this was their first song that actually didn't do, because you'll see the trajectory of most of these. They have a big smash hit at first. Mm Mm-hmm. And their second hit kind of crawls up and barely gets into the top 40. But this was different because Firewater Burn from the Bloodhound Gang was their first one. And you'll know the hook of this for sure. Here's the song. The roof, the roof is on fire. I say you might know that. Do you know that? Yeah. Okay. I think a lot of people will know this, but don't know who it is. Here we go. Let me try that. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. We don't need no water. Motherfucker. There's a bad word in there. Right. Um, so there's that. And then, so that was a song, and it was kind of novel. And then they had the bad touch, which I remember playing on the radio. Look <laughs> at me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Do it again now. You remember the song? Yeah. I like playing on Yeah, I do too. <laughs> They're kind of dopey white dudes that kind of rap. Yeah. There you go. That's number 10. My favorite two-hit wonders. Now, I have at number nine, uh, Rachel Platten, who's still a, a current artist and will probably have another hit. And she's really the only one that's still someone who has a shot to put a song in the Billboard Top 40. So, your fight song. Everybody knows fight song. This, this is, is my fight song. Gigantic song. And also, Stand By You from Rachel Platten. I think she's the one of these two hit wonders that has a chance to jump out of this. She's the only one. And probably, you know, as a matter of fact, she probably will have another hit. But right now, she's a two hit wonder. And number eight, Katie Tunstall. You remember Black Horse and the Cherry Tree? Here's this one right here. And then suddenly I see. Remember that one? I remember this one, yeah. You remember the other one? I remember. Really? Yeah. Black Horse and the Cherry Tree was so big that it was on American Idol back in the day when American Idol was like the thing everybody watched. I did not remember it. Yeah. That's number eight. Top ten two-hit wonders. Remember, I'm just using the Billboard chart. That's my the, the main Billboard chart. So if you have any issue, I don't care. <laughs> 
Like you can say, well, this chart, in the rock chart, the modern rock, the album, it doesn't matter. I'm just using the main, basically what they call the top 40 chart, the Billboard Top 40, which is really hard to get into, by the way. It's the top 40 songs, airplay, <coughs> excuse me, streaming, uh, I don't know, whistling. I don't know what you do. It's so hot up here. I'm trying to drink water as I, as I do this. My house, I don't know. I can't keep it cool. I don't know, my bedroom's hot. It's like 80 degrees. I'm calling the air conditioner guy just to teach me how to use my air conditioner. It may be broken. I don't know. But I'm calling my AC guy, and he can't come until next week, obviously. It's a holiday. And I'm just like, teach me how to use this thing. It's not even a new kind of air conditioner. Yeah, I feel like there's something we're missing. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> For some reason, it won't just hold a temperature either. You've got to constantly be like, Go, give me 30 more minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like putting money into one of those air hoses at the gas station where you're like, oh, it's my air. I've got to put in 35 more cents. It's like hold until, like, no, stay, no, just no, stay just, cold. Yeah, just keep it at 73. <laughs> yeah, no. So it's so hot up here. So I haven't been to Burt. But uh, number seven on the two hit wonder list The Spin Doctors. You'll probably know Two Princes from them, their biggest song. Fun fact, I went on a couple dates with a girl that used to be married to the lead singer of that band. Wow. I know. It's a fun fact. How, how fun is that fact? <laughs> I didn't even know that either. And uh, we're, we're out, and she's like, yeah, I was married. I was like, yeah, what you, what's the deal? I was like, yeah, he used to be the lead singer of Spin Doctors. <laughs> and I was like, okay. If you want to call me baby, just go ahead now. And if you... Yeah, she was nice. Uh, Little Miss Can't Be Wrong is her other song. Here you go. Yeah. Okay. Let me know if you don't know them. I'm curious because again, you're younger than I am. Okay. I think the one's coming up. Maybe I didn't. Paula Cole. So, where have all the cowboys gone? Was such a big jam. Did you know this one? Did not know this one. Wow. You know this, huh? No idea. Yippee! 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 Yeah, I mean, I was a teenager in radio playing this song. I think. Here, turn it up. Ah, look at listen to that. Did you know? You had to know the other one, though. I don't want to wait. I knew this. From one. Dawson's Creek, though, right? She had two hits. And if I remember correctly, she had armpit hair in the video for uh, "Where Have All the Cowboys Gone." I think maybe one of the videos she raised her arm up, she had armpit hair. I was like, oh, fun treat. <laughs> Look at there. How about that? That's how Paula called number six. Number five, two at wonder. Vertical Horizon. This is my list, by the way. This is nothing except the people that I love the most. They had two hits. Vertical Horizon. Everything You Want was such a massive song. Here you go. He's everything you want. He's I did, yeah. He's couldn't have named the band, though. Really? The, the second one barely made it, and I remember it because I used to play it. But She's a God was uh, Vertical Horizon, the second song from them. God and I am not. You know that song? I've heard of it. Oh, you have? Yeah. Wow. This is the one I thought you wouldn't have known just really? because it, it, I had to see it to remember it. Once I heard the hook, I was like, okay, I remember this. Yeah. Uh, so there's number five Two Hit Wonders. Number four, Eve Six, which, holy crap, when they put out Inside Out, I mean, this song was a jam. I had to be a teenager. Do you remember this song? Uh, what? <laughs> I don't remember this one. Wow. Put my tender heart in a blender, want to stay around to a beautiful oblivion, rendezvous and I'm through with you. You don't... From the beginning, so when you heard that first thing, that down, I would swallow my pride. You didn't know that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Did you know their other one, Here's to the Night? I knew that one. I remember the music video. Really? Yeah. This song wasn't near as big as Inside really? Out. I thought this one was bigger. No, I don't. I, listen, what do I know? What do I know? I remember the album cover. Yeah, yeah, turn this up. Number four. I mean, I could be. I don't have any data in front of me. So you, you absolutely could be right about that. 
I remember Inside Out just changing it. Though. Eve Six was like, boom, here they are. 10,000 pound weight, that song, when it just fell into radio. Number three, uh, Tone Loke, which, by the way, I've had uh, a couple fun experiences <laughs> with Tone Loke, including him passing out at the concert. Uh, but he had two hits and two massive hits, and I was young, young, young. There's no way you remember these from them being real songs. No. You've only had to hear them in p- past tense, right? Yeah. Uh, Funky Cole Medina. I asked the guy why he's so fly. He said, Funky, Funky Cole Medina. Medina. I used to do record, play, pause on the radio because I was a young kid. And what you do to record it on tape because I wish the, the stupid DJ would stop talking. I hate it when you talk over the intros because I wanted to record them on a cassette tape. So you push record, play, and pause. And that holds the recording. And when you let off pause, it records it. Because you have to push record and play to get it to pause. And the stupid DJ would talk over the front of the song. and Because you'd record a mixtape literally from the radio. And this is how old school it is. <laughs> and that was one. And then they had a wild thing too. Wow. Basically the same song. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it more as an actor. Wow. <laughs> Tone look. Yeah, he was in like a couple '90s movies. Blank check. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He he was um in a sitcom. I think he did a one-off on a couple sitcoms. His one sitcom. I can't remember the name of it. The family and the next driver was Jimmy, who worked as security guard. Nah, it doesn't matter. He was also in Surf Ninjas. <laughs> Is that a thing, really? (laughs) That's my number three on my best two-hit wonder. um, It's probably been seven years or so now. We paid him $5,000 as a radio station to come do a concert. We did an old-school like flashback prom. Yeah. Where it was like, hey, if you want to really prom, get dressed up. Let's have a big party. And we hired him and Young MC. And he got through... One song, he started holding his heart and passed out, and we thought he died. <laughs> no. I was like, oh, my God, we just killed Tone Loke. He's sweating. I mean, he, he he didn't look like he was in the best of shape anyway. But then I, he came back out, did a couple songs, and he kind of retired for the night. And I remember feeling grateful that he came back out to do two more songs. I was like, man, that guy really gave it the old college try. That Tone Loke, he shows up and you know, really gets things done. You know, he couldn't have to do any more songs. He wasn't feeling great, but he did it. And then I'm on, and some listeners sent me an, uh, an article, and they sent it to me on Twitter. They were like, hey, um, he just did the same thing two nights later at a different show. I, apparently that was his thing. Oh, he passes out. Be, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he just didn't want to do a whole set or what. But he came back out. I th- let's just say he did one of those two songs. So he did Funky Cole Medina, grabbed his heart, <laughs> was out for like 40 minutes. Then he came back out and did Funky Cole Medina again, Wild Thing and something else, and peaced out. It's quite the bit. You have to really commit to it. <laughs> you have to really commit to that. I'm almost going to die. I wish I could remember that sitcom that Tone Loke was in. Let's see. Because there was this whole arc where, because again, Jimmy was a security guard that lived next door. And I believe they lived up in the Northeast, or maybe California, which has nothing to do with each other. How old was it? It's probably early two, late 90s, early 2000s. It was in syndication. And Tone Loke played, there was this bar in a part of town that they didn't go into very often. And they went to it, and Tone Loke played like this this guy who was supposedly kind of, you know, like a hardened criminal, but he really wasn't. But if you said the name of it, I'll remember. Rude Awakening? No. The District Thieves? Mm-mm. If you say it, I'm going to remember. But that's all right. Ah, oh, it's going to be tip of my tongue. I don't want to make people sit here and wait. You get... Uh, let's see. Uh, let's move on. Okay. To number two of Two Hit Wonders. What was it Sea Bear and Jamal? Mm-mm. Okay. LFO, and they had a... a th- their big one was uh, Summer Girls. Here you go. This one This one was so good. So good. Yeah, I should have won all the Grammys. Chinese food makes me sick. And I think it's fly when girls stop by for the summer. For the summer. I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. Yeah. I take her if I had one wish. She's been gone since that summer. Since that summer. Cherry pants, cold crush, rock stud. Used to hate school, so I had to play hooky. Yeah. Always been hip to the b-boy style. Known to act wild
That song, I don't believe was supposed to even be a radio song. If I remember my facts right, again, I have no idea. I think like a radio station in Memphis started playing it. Much like I'll just play a song and go, oh, this is good. This is different because this wasn't a national show. And then uh, people started to pick it up and play it. And it then became a, like a massive hit for them. But then they had Girl on TV. This is their second song and Two Hit Wonders. Here you go. My friends, they won't believe me If they could only see me At the risk of sounding cheesy I think I fell for the girl on TV The, uh, kind of a uh, sad story with this group, though. You follow the group, you know what happened? The, the lead singer ended up, I believe, I know he died yeah, of... I knew he died. Yeah. What, too long ago, right? Within the last five years, and it's, right now it's 2018, he had um, a, a kind of cancer. But yeah, he died way young. And then they had issues because of the guy that put them together was the Lou Pearlman guy who also put together all the other bands. And Lou Pearlman apparently did some really bad stuff to them. But yeah. He died at 36, leukemia. Leukemia is what it was. Yeah, crazy, 36 years old. Yeah, but this is, uh, you know, there were three people in LFO. I believe that stood for light, funky ones. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> Again, I have no dad in front of me. I'm just going, so if I, if I miss any of this up, on this one, you can't really hold it against me because uh, some of them you can, not this one. Um, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like those. As a boy band, that was kind of my jam, LFO. And here's why. Because they didn't just sing. They kind of rapped. They had like the rapper. The, you know, the main guy was kind of like the rapper-ish. He sang a little bit. They had the singer, which is the guy with dark hair. And they had like the, the utility player who could do a little bit of both. <laughs> so they kind of had you in all of it. If you like a little, little dorky white boy rap, he's got you. If you want somebody who can just <laughs> sing his brains out, he's got you. And if you want someone that kind of does a little bit of both, you know, it's good. So, yeah, I liked LFO. They're at number two on... My best two-hit wonders. And finally, in my best two-hit wonders, it's actually a band in my heart. They have like 100 hits because I love them so much. And I bought all their records back in the day, and I just thought they were fantastic. And it's the Presidents of the United States of America. They came onto the scene with the song Lump as far as on the radio. And uh, here is Lump and from the Presidents of the United States of America. She's Lump, she's Lump, she's in my That is the jam. Not even going to lie. I loved it. And you probably more so than Lump know their biggest song, which is Peaches, which was awesome. Come on. Moving to the country, gonna eat a lot of peaches. Moving to the country, that's what it's all about, right there. Moving to the country, gonna eat a lot of peaches. Moving to the country. Ah, I found the Tone Loke show. It's called Yes Dear. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, Yes Dear. 2005. There you go. Tone Loke, Yes Dear. I got an email about it just now. <laughs> no, I didn't because we're not live. <laughs> no one can hear this until it comes out. Yeah, that's my number one. Now, I had asked uh, Mike D. I said, hey, well, you know, what do you think about this? Any two-hit wonders that you had that popped to your head? And you sent me a list, but instead of just reading the list, of all the lists that you sent me, which ones did you find? Oh, they only had two hits. How about that? Uh, probably, I mean, we talked about it earlier, Marky Mark. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about Marky Mark. Oh, we did? We did not. Mm-mm. Mark Wahlberg, who was a rapper, Marky Mark, who was in the early incarnation of New Kids on the Block, left early, early, and was his own thing while Donnie stayed in New Kids on the Block. So this is a good vibration, big song. Barely remember, there's no way you remember the actual song. I remember it later, yeah. I don't, (laughs) I really don't know if I remember it. But they had another song called Wild Side he did. Yeah, I had no idea about this one. I don't know if I know this song. 
I don't know the song. Oh, it's this is uh they're sampling. Take a walk on a wild side, which is a different song. I'd never heard this before. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a sample, sort of, by Lou Reed. I mean, that's interesting. But listen, type in Lou Reed over there, Walk on the Wild Side. It's like, uh, yeah, baby, take a walk on the wild side. Do, do, do. That's old school. That Lou Reed stuff's probably from like the early 70s, way before, way before we were born. But you'll hear that. That's what that other song is. I never heard that Marky Mark song, though. So this is the original? Oh, God. Yeah, this is the original. You ever heard this? No. No. Listen to a lot of classic rock, so that's kind of where I have it from. Holly came from Miami, FLA. So yeah, that's where that comes from. I, I learned something here new as well. Plucked her eyebrows on the way, shaved her legs, and then he was a she. She says, "Hey babe, take a walk on the wild side." Say, "Hey mama, honey, take a walk on the wild side." There you go. Um, that was one. Owl City. I mentioned that in my tweets. They had Fireflies and Good Time. I forgot. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. yeah. Al City did a show for us once when I was on Kiss FM and peculiar guy. But like you could tell he was a total artist. And I respected that because I mean he was dialed into the art. He would like lay on the ground and kick in the air and he was just into it. Weird, but into it. I respect anybody who's just into it. Um, speaking of Good Time, Carly Rae Jepsen had a song called Good Time. But she's on the song. She's not in it? She's not in the song? Is this the same song? Yeah, it's the same song. Okay, I'm reading this list here. I, did, I was going to say, I don't know the song. Well, I was saying, does it count as for a hit Whose song is it? It's Owl City's. Okay, then no. Okay. It doesn't. And it's like artists now in country music. Like, um, for example, Kane Brown and Lauren Elena. Mm-hmm. They have the song, What Ifs. That's a Kane Brown song. That's not a Lauren Elena song. She's in it as a feature. Um, and again, Lauren's a very close friend of mine. But that should not be a hit for Lauren. I don't know if it's even considered a hit. But like Chris Young, Cassidy Pope, they did... Uh, Whatever that song was they did. It was, Coming over? Yeah. That's right. not a Cassidy Pope song. Now, if they win the award for like best musical event or something, that's an that's a award. But that's a Chris Young song with someone on it. If it's a feature, it's a feature. Because that artist didn't pick the song and put it on the record and didn't pick the person to be on. You know, it's that, again, who cares? Really, in the real part of life, like who really cares? Yeah. It doesn't bother me anyway. But no, it... No, that's not a Carly Rae Jepsen song. She's a one hit. Oh, Call Me Maybe? Yes, <laughs> yeah. and by the way, it was a ver- I was the very first person in America to play that song. Her first radio interview. And her first radio <laughs> interview ever. Yeah, forget about that. Do you know who else I did that with? Because the, the thing about me and music is I've never done it to be the guy. Even at pop, I was doing it. But I never did it because it was my thing where I was like, check me out as I break up. I just love music so much. I would take gamble on these artists and go, hey, I'm going to play your song. Why don't you come down and play? And, but Carly Rae Jepsen, we had her fly from Canada. She was in Canada at the time. And her very first ever radio interview was on my show. And obviously she had the song Call Me Maybe, which was the freaking jam. And you can play it because I just like it so much. <laughs> hey, first time I heard it, I was like, oh, we got we to get the song. And then she put out the video that wasn't even a video. It was a video of like her. It was like, like people, like Justin Bieber was even in it. Like a home oh, footage, yeah. 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 I, that's a little feather in the old cap. I forgot about that. There are a few of those pop ones. The other one I was talking about was, hey, ho, hey. Lumineers? The Lumineers. I was their first ever performance. Oh, wow. They were, they were like, wait, you want us to complain a pop station? I was like, absolutely, because I love that song so much. And they came up, and here's the funny part about the Lumineers. Is there, they're a big deal now in the world of they can sell out Hey, listen, it's all based on what you can sell at this point. Never look at spins on, a, on Spotify or YouTube views or even radio chart stuff. Because I, I know people who have had top five radio songs that can't sell 100 tickets. Really, you're as good as the venue you can sell out. That's what you are. Or that you can sell, you know, 75% capacity. Mm-hmm. 
and they can sell, they can buy Bridgestone. These guys can, because mm-hmm. they just did. And so, I'm a fan of their music, and I don't remember. I don't, I don't think of them as somebody that I was like, oh. But I forgot that I was. I was their first ever interview, and they came. Did you see the record they left me? Oh yeah, they did. They did. They came, and I wasn't in town. And they came by and, and were like, hey, don't think we forgot about you. We know you're a country now, but they wanted to come play on I the show. I leaving that, yeah. And I was like, how cool that the Lumineers even remembered that. Because it, then it kind of put me back to my head that, oh, yeah, I was the first one to put them on the air ever. And now it's being the guy that plays new artists has put me in a kind of a precarious situation where I, I don't like that. I talked about this in the Ryan Hurd podcast. I don't like the place where it's put me because it's an arms race now. I feel like where everybody's trying to break all these artists and – I didn't do it for any sort of look at me, I'm the artist breaker. I just do it because I love the music. And I'm like, oh, let me – again, I think the people that listen to me and listen to us, have, we have like minds. And if I can hit them 60% of the time right, that's people going, oh, Bobby likes it. He kind of represents me and the music front. I like what he likes. Let me see what this is. And so that's why I started putting all these artists on new. And, but now it's all these different – we'll just call them services are taking it personally and they're competing and going, well – if Bobby breaks them, we're just going to stay away from them. And that's kind of counterproductive as to why I do it. And so now it's making me go, I don't even know if I want to put new artists on anymore, which is not what I want to do. I just like the music. I'm not trying to get into a penis measuring contest with these other servers. Like, I'm really not. And I, could, I really could rattle off 10 instances right now of them penalizing artists because I jumped on them early. And that bothers me to the point where I go, man, maybe I shouldn't do it. But then I don't do it for that. I'm not the guy that my company brought in to break new music. I just do it because I like to do it. Um, but then I go in and I tell artists off the record here too. Because some artists will play these other guys and go, ooh, Bobby doesn't like me. I tell them to say that. I mean, go to them and just tell them I hate you. <laughs> and if they, you know, if they know, they think I hate you, they'll be like, ooh, then let, let me play him, you know? And uh, yeah, they'll, they'll report back sometimes with some interesting stories. But it makes me I don't like that I don't like that environment of people are competing now to break artists. Like, cool. I mean, I didn't break Carly Pierce and it's and you know, um, the dude who like was playing her first, I called him, I was like, Hey, I'm gonna take Carly on I know this is like your thing. It really it shouldn't be. I should never have to make that call. I said, Hey, but I'm gonna take her out on tour and I'm actually gonna pay her money to open up for uh, a stand up tour. Carly Pierce. I said Carly Ray Jepsen or Carly Pierce? You said Carly Pierce. Okay, Carly Pierce. Yeah. I get, like, that's Carly's happening. <laughs> all the Carly's and all the Morgan number twos and Morgan number eights. Uh, but yeah, it's just not an environment that I, I enjoy being a part of. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Because I can just stop. I mean, if you like the music. I, that's the thing. I just it. like, like the music. It's not. It, I don't know. It shouldn't do, you see, do, do you see? Do you. Does make, all that make sense to you? It does. It sucks. And it sucks, yes. And I, but I do tell artists a lot. I say, hey, listen, if. You can get uh, – we'll just use Apple Music as an example. This is not a thing with Apple Music, so not yet. I don't, I don't know that Apple Music has anyone running country uh, yet in, in a major way. So if you can get one of the entities to support you, who cares about the rest? It'll come along if they need to, but it's so hard to just get one of the top five or six to f- put su- full support behind you. Take it and run with it and, and embrace it, and if you get – Apple Music or a Sirius or a Spotify, like, and they want to be first on you, and they want to champion you. Great. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Like, you be friends with everybody. Don't blow them off, but don't worry about that anyone else is going to punish you because it's so hard to get somebody to stand for you that you can't worry about if anybody else is going to punish you. So that's the advice. And then I say, here's how to play the other guys. <laughs> Go to them and be like, well, we haven't given this to Bobby yet, and whatever. It's a weird place. Uh, let's see. Let me run through some more of these real quick. Uh, fun, which I loved as a band. Mm-hmm. Loved them. Now here's We Are Young. Tonight, we are young. And some nights. Well, and some nights I, wish that this I loved fun. It's such a cool sound. Cool sound. It, they looked dopey. Yeah. I like that. It's kind of like a bad version of Weezer visually. He was small. But now Jack, the guys, his bleachers, yeah. they're never going to get back together. Why would they? Bleachers is a thing now. I don't know why they broke up. Natasha, Natasha Bedingfield. Uh, un- Man, this was a jam. Unwritten. She was so nice. Pocket full of sunshine. You know this one? Yeah. 
I got a pocket full of pocket full of sunshine. Yeah. Look at that. I mean, I got in a little deep into the artist thing there for a second. But as I was, I didn't even think about that. But I, I hear something. You know who else I was able to play early before anybody was playing was Megan Trainer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Her YouTube video had like a thousand views on it of um, all, about that bass. all about that bass. Yeah. And I had the reason I knew of it, she wrote in town for a long time. And a friend was like, hey, this uh, friend of mine, Megan, she got this song out. It's got a pretty funny video. And I was like, oh, my God, this song's really good. So I started playing on the country station. I got so much heat for it by Radio PD. They're like, this song sucks. I'll never be a hit. Don't play it on country. It's not country. It wasn't country. It was never meant to be country. I don't think we've talked one country song on this podcast. Like, I, you know, we all have interests outside of country. Mm -hmm. um, and then she ended up performing it on, I think, the CMAs or ACMs. And then it turned into a monster smash. And I remember her coming up to me going, hey, that was crazy that you played that because nobody was playing that. And my mom would listen to it all the time. You play it. Cause my mom, I think was living here at the time. That was a, yeah, that was a good one too, man. I like it. See, that's pure. Cause I don't even think about those. That's just me going, love it, play it, move on with life. Now I have to be somewhat strategic about it. I don't, I bet I guess that comes with when your platform is bigger, but I'm such a fan of the artist and the writer that like that stuff bothers me. And also, I'm better at it than the other guys because I don't. I, it's not my thing. I mean, if there's another service that exists, they've come to me and said, "Will you take over this?" And I've said no because I don't want to be a programmer. If I wanted to be a programmer, I would have started programming radio stations when I was 25 years old. I want to be able to do this. I want to talk to people. I want to share thoughts and feelings. I don't really want to pick playlists. I don't want to. Ugh. That sounds terrible to me. Like nothing about that sounds fun. Now for me to go, oh, that's a good song that people will like. It will resonate. I'm gonna play that for people. As I'm doing everything else, and that's fun to me. But yeah, there you go. Well, that was fun. That's a good one. I like this one. I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, how long has this episode been? Uh, almost fifty minutes. Yeah, it's been a pretty fun one. Anything you'd like to say? Uh, I mean, a lot of these I knew. I didn't know the artist names. And I didn't know the song titles, but once I like heard it, I was yeah. like, okay, I got it. But, yeah. oh, well, let's give an update on the uh, Charlie Warsham show. I think the last time we were here, I did the, talked about the 90s songs. Oh, yeah. Um, I did, ended up not singing That Summer from Garth Brooks because it was just too much. One, I can't sing. And then two, it was just, you think you know every bit of the words until you have to actually sing it without someone singing behind you, like on the radio. Not as easy. And I just didn't want to mess it up. I don't want to disrespect that song or Garth in a setting where there are a lot of people. And their phones. I knew everybody was recording everything <laughs> I did. You know, uh, pretentious that sounds. But and they were because they started posting it online immediately it after on the Twitter. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't say that in a douchey way. Eh, maybe douchey. I don't care. I am who I am. But I knew they would be recording it and they put it up. So I didn't want to mess that song up because I I enjoyed Garth so much. And but I did prop me up beside the jukebox. Joe Diffie nailed it. And I did. Alan Jackson, Mercury Blues. And I had it. I started to think at one point that I was going to mess up the word. So I have my phone because it, it's three verses and like three solos. And I wasn't 100% committed to having it right. So I pulled out my phone to, to do the Instagram and shoot the audience. But I said I, I pulled the words up and act like I was shooting the audience. <laughs> and I was right, thank God. Uh, but I did pull it up. And I, you know what? There's some videos up on YouTube or, and on um, Twitter and stuff. And I wasn't half bad. I was, I was, I was a quarter bad. But I had a lot of energy. It was fun, yeah. It was fun. And what I've learned is just go up and have fun. Like, really? Nobody cares that much. Go up and have fun. If you, it's not about how good you sound. It's about how you make them feel. Now, if you sound so bad, you make them feel bad. Yeah, that's, that's a thing, too. It is. Like, you can't sound so bad. But, yeah, I went to watch. I've seen the Goo Goo Dolls oddly twice in the past year. They don't sound that good. But they don't sound bad. They don't, they don't sound great. They, they sound fine. But it made me feel good because I liked the Google Dolls back when I was. And so I think of that when I go up to perform because if, you ever, if the Raging Idiots ever get back together, and I don't think we will. We're doing two shows this year, and those, those were set so long ago that if it came back now, I don't know that I would do them. We have to rehearse in the next few weeks, and we are. But my point is, even looking at that, those shows, my band, the Raging Idiots, my goal is just to make people feel fun, have, feel good. And uh, I think we do. I think we do. So there's that. Well, 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 as we come to the end. And let me encourage you, too, to check out. There have been a couple really good Bobby casts lately. The Brett Eldridge Bobby cast, 
was fantastic for a couple of reasons. One, I, you know, I really hadn't sat down and had a long human conversation with Brett Eldridge ever. And I felt like that was pretty good. And both of us kind of shared some things we'd never shared before. And that one is being downloaded like crazy. It may be the one quickest to ever get to a quarter million plays. Nah, Jake Owen was a pretty big one, though. We get yeah. to a fight. <laughs> but check out the uh, Brett Eldridge one. And Ryan Hurd was just in. I don't know if there's a... High Valley was good. Yeah. You, the high, once they came in, and I knew those guys a bit because I'd been on the road with them. Meaning we played festivals together and you're, all the buses are just parked in the back and you end up hanging around each other because of proximity. I knew they were nice guys. But after that Bobby cast, we stayed and walked out back and just talked for like 20 or 30 minutes. And... Yeah, I thought, you know, I knew Brad a bit more than I did Curtis. Brad's the lead singer, and he's more the straightforward guy. And Curtis is kind of the smart aleck one. And I never really hit it off with Curtis. He was all, because he's always like, wow, with the smart remarks. It's all, he was just like one smart remark after another. That being said, that Bobby Cats, I kind of changed my feel on him. And then afterward, I was like, oh, I, I like this guy a lot. I like them both. But I never really had a good time with Curtis. But uh, yeah, it was good. So, you know, another one, because I was with Brandon Lancaster from Lanco at this event. That's one to listen back to that's pretty good back in the day. Yeah, that was uh, about a year ago. Yeah. Maybe we should do uh, Rewind on that one. Have we done Rewind on that one? We have, yeah. Oh, we have? Yeah. Well, that's one to go back and and listen to, too. Hey, listen, I like to bring in songwriters. and There are some people that I'd like to have back a second time that we've done two years ago, but I don't... you know, I don't know. Things have changed so much for a lot of these people yeah. in the past couple of years. Well, that's it. It is uh, July 5th as we record this and put it up. Uh, we're supposed to be on, I'm supposed to be on vacation, but as you can see, I'm not very good at, at that. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Mike, I got some more stuff to say. <laughs> Give me an hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, check out the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson. That's one that's blowing up. That's the one that's really doing... But far better than any sort of early expectation because the early expectation on any podcast is it's just going to suck for a while because nobody's going to listen. It takes a long time. Now it's doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like the, you know, the ladies like that Velvet Edge, Velvet's Edge, Velvet, yeah, that that Velvet's Edge <laughs> and her advice and her guests. So you can check out the Velvet's Edge podcast, and that's it. Episode one thirty one. I've enjoyed this. Thank you very much. We'll see you. Uh, let's see. Let me look at the calendar here. Next week. Oh, I have jury duty. <laughs> That's Monday. Ashley Gorley next week. Ashley Gorley. That's right. That'll be up next Thursday on the 12th. Yeah. Also coming up. You know who I have dinner with coming up is Wheeler. I don't call him Wheeler Walker. Oh, yeah? I call, yeah, I know him by his real name more than anything. But he lives, he lives in town now. Did you know that? Yeah, I knew yeah. that. We have dinner. I'm just looking at my calendar right now. That dude, like, good dude. He's a really nice guy. <laughs> Real, then, <laughs> listen, you can do whatever research you want to do on Wheeler Walker Jr. He puts out some vulgar music, and but he's a, I like that guy. Like, yeah, we talk. He's a good dude. Um, oddly. All right, thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.